What's up, guys? Welcome back to Muscle Minds with Scott Stevenson. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings, high-quality supplements. Everything's third-party tested, uh, created by Dante Trudell, who we mentioned here. Basically, like almost every show, I think Dante comes up, the creator of DC Training. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a company that you can trust anyway. Um, also, uh, check out uh, Scott Stevenson. You can find his book over at byobbcoach.com. Today, we are going back to more then versus now. We've got it, people are loving these things, Scott. Mm -hmm. They're fun. I like them. They are. They are. I've enjoyed this Makes too. I feel like a young whippersnapper here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking where, about 30 years ago. <laughs> where are we at? What, what are we going to hit today? I know you have your monster chart of uh yep. everything we've discovered we've discussed a lot everything from yeah like well we can review to... like on the previous podcasts um the topics that were just generally information exchange like how do people you know figure whoa, whoa, things whoa, out whoa, and whoa, talk whoa. to one another whoa 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 we did like a dozen of them we don't have time oh i know i'm not gonna do them again i'm just okay. reading the, reading them you know that, we, we did, don't have that do you need a coach um, how do gurus and authorities fit in like training focus? Like are you training hard? Are you working on looking at reps and reserve exercise selection execution? These are little teasers from the thirst trap himself <laughs> to try to get people to go back and listen to those pre-contest dieting, off-season dieting for gains. How do people do that? And now we're on the first topic for today, food prep. Food prep. Is that your, where you're at? Yeah. Like how to, like, how do you cook your food? Like, you know, what's, and how, how do people that, go about that? And how has that changed now versus then? Then being basically like then being when, when you or I started or before, uh, bodybuilding has evolved so much in the past even decade, I think. Is food prep different now than it was a decade ago? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, depends on the person. Um, so one, I think we're aware there's so many different aspects of this. So the simplest is back in the day, you didn't have food prep services. There's no such thing. You just cooked your own, you know, and like 30 years ago, there was like, you couldn't like go online and pick out your meals and have them delivered to you, yeah. you know, nice and cold and put in your freezer and then just pull from them. You had yeah. to cook, all, you basically cooked all your own food. Sundays were typically reserved for you know, filling up the barbecue grill to cook all your protein sources so you could have them and then you package those things up in Tupperware and then you throw them in. And like, even when I started, there was no such thing as a six pack bag. No, you know, neither. you could get um, a family cooler and you could carry that absolutely, around. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, funny story. I might've even mentioned before, there was a, a buddy of mine who, um, solid guy, man, he's actually a strength coach. Now he was with the Cleveland Indians, not in the major leagues, but he we went to school at, in, together at university of texas at austin big dude strong guy total yeah. bodybuilder's physique he didn't train that way trained as a powerlifter competed as a powerlifter um he actually lived like on my floor like he lived with me for like six months and didn't even want a mattress he just slept on the on the floor he put a blank like a towel down yeah. he felt more comfortable sleeping on a hard surface because it's, he, like, it's, he, it's he a up, true spartan right there he i think he grew he grew up pretty impoverished and was he was kind of living out of his truck for a long while, so I'd let him stay with me for as long as he needed before he could find a new place. But Joe had to get his name was Hughes. Joe had to get up. I should look Joe up. Such a good dude. And he would have to get up and go like train the athletes because he was a strength and conditioning uh, graduate assistant. Like you know, butt crack of dawn, six o'clock in the morning. 
And then he was in classes all day long. And then he had to go back and work with the women athletes in the afternoon or something like that. And then he would train himself like at the end of the day. And then, you know, like he was like, he had 12 hour days. So he would pack a cooler and um, like, it was this big giant igloo because he ate a lot and he had his water in there, which he had to have thing was ginormous. Like literally it was enough for a family of 12. And it was so funny. Like we would be talking about something and if someone weren't, didn't know everybody, like, it would say, yeah, you know, Joe's got to do that same thing. Or you should talk to Joe about that. And someone would say, like, who's Joe? And we'd just say, the guy who looks like he's going to the beach. <laughs> and they're, like, they're like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> the guy with the big-ass cooler. Yeah, i seen that guy, of course. Like, everyone knew Joe because there was Joe who was like, you know, 210 pounds, 5%, you know, monster. Yeah. Um, and his cooler, which was almost as big as he was. You know, all the time. So, like, that's how it was. You just made your own, cooked your own stuff. Chicken and rice was, I think chicken and rice came about in part because it's just, like, eat, it's cheap and it's easy. Yeah. You know? You don't have to do much. But now, now people are much more attuned to nutritional, uh, like, people are using all sorts of dietary supports. So, using curcumin and yeah. astaxanthin and, you know, you know, fish oils, pro and prebiotics. Like, there's so many other aspects to our nutrition trying to eat those get those things through food sources if they can yeah organic is a big deal it wasn't a big deal you know three years ago yeah wasn't even around really even five years ago it wasn't a huge deal like it is now like i think nowadays it wasn't as available either like i feel like the cost of organic foods has become a little bit more reasonable i know that 10 years ago maybe i just was poorer then but it didn't feel like it was even an option right it, I mean, I, I always started eating organic foods um, probably around 2005, 2006, seeking those out, like okay. reading the labels for organic and transitional fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was kind of getting into a lot of that stuff way back then. Like going, I would go out, there's a, um, uh, a town outside of Tucson. We would drive to pick our own fruit okay. and I would get meat from the local farmer that was, you know, matched to organic standards. But the thing with organic with the farm is that you there have to go through an approval process um, and then you'll become sort of transitional uh, for a number of years. I don't, I don't know what the standards are now. And part of that's because if you start taking up organic processing standards for fruits, vegetables, whatever you're growing, agriculture, whatever it is, there's some period of time, basically kind of a washout time. Um, let's say you switch from you know pesticides that aren't going to obviously be organic um, or allowed if you're going to use an organic, um, get a big approved as an organic food provider, yeah. uh, then it's going to take some period of time for that. There's just a half-life of those things washing out of the soil that you're using, for instance, that is, you know, where the grass grows, the cow eats, or that you're using for your fruits, vegetables, whatever it is that you're, you're growing. Yeah. So you've got a, a transitional period and then organics. So it, I think it can take like three to five years. So people start, you know, and then eventually they get there. Um, so that's part of it. Like, you know, you can't just say I'm going organic and the next day you like, you know, met the standards and they right. check you out and you're like become organic. Literally you can't be organic because there's just some physical limitations or phys- physical chemical limitations there sure. to actually pr- providing the, the foodstuffs as organic. Yeah. So I think we, so, we are paying more attention now. And, and, and I think that yeah. even bodybuilding itself, we, we have a lot more, uh, like, products that are focused toward bodybuilding all of the um like the sugar-free foods the quest bars things have come a long way 
And and I mm-hmm. think back, like like Nick Weary mentions here, my first two preps were done based on the six foods that worked: boiled chicken, tuna, etc. Uh, yeah, things are very different from from that. Shout out to Dave Pulsinella too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Dave commented one of my videos the other day, which was kind of cool. That is cool. That said, I, I said I posted. Yeah, but he was like the um, Dave, Dave Pulsinella. He was like the quintessential uh, bodybuilder, and he for yeah. for people who haven't seen his films, it's it's hard for me to believe, but they're kind of they're they're older now. You know, uh, mm. you, you could say though that that he was. He did exactly what I think all of us were doing, where you just nailed it down. You found the five or six things that work, and that's all you did for 16 weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's it's still kind of like that, but it's, it's expanded. We've got spices now, all sorts of bodybuilding branded spices. And people, I think, are a oh, yeah. more creative than they used to be, too. Raising the bar is the name of the, there's one, oh, two, I and didn't three. Mention it. Are, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just to, like, that's, there's so much there, especially for people who are first getting into, into bodybuilding, like to see, you know, how much easier it is, the things we're talking about now in terms of, you know, finding there's so many, like, you know, if you want to eat keto, you can do that. If you want low fat stuff, there's so many, I don't know if they're necessarily better necessarily, but at least you, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of flavored stuff that kind of gives you a little bit of a psychological sense of relief. Yeah, but the thing is, is and I think Dave would argue this without a doubt is like, do they actually work? Do these things work better? Mm. You know, can can you like? And I think there's some truth to this. If you imagine constructing your diet with nothing but like highly processed diet based foods, like everything you got was like designed to trick your senses into thinking like you're eating, you're having a chocolate sundae when in fact you're having like a pure pure protein source or something like that. Yeah, you know what. Compare a diet based solely off of that, matching the macros with the diet using the six foods that work. True. Yeah. I don't, it, and I, I could totally see the six foods that work outperforming, you know, the seventy-five foods, you know, that you would try to take in, yeah. plus all the chemicals and everything else that might come along with those things that, you know, I think can have an added effect over time. I feel like eventually, as people. a coach, what I end up doing is, is I try to give people leeway. And if, if things aren't working with that leeway in and those additional things in, then we start pairing it back to getting closer. And the closer, if things aren't working, the closer that I get to the six foods that work, the better the diet works a lot of times. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just, there's so many examples. Like some of the obvious ones are like the, you know, the, the labeling of things like, I can't believe it's not butter, you know, and the sprays that are supposed to have zero calories, yeah. you know, when a serving is like one half spray, <laughs> some shit like that. Um, so you're sort of trusting by using labels that the calories and the macros are actually on. And I can't remember the exact, um, what the guidelines are, but there's some play in those. Like there's, you know, there's, they're not necessarily, um, dead on a hundred percent accurate. So if you weigh, you keep eating the same rice, you buy like, you know, three jumbo sized bags of Jasmine rice and that's all the rice that you eat for 16 weeks straight. And you always weigh that on a scale, mm-hmm. you know, at a hundred grams or what have you, mm-hmm. um, cook the same way. That's going to be very, very precise. Yeah. And you can then grade your caloric deficit as needed to maintain the fat loss. Right. Whereas if you've got just take the sort of a more extreme example, you've got you know, five different, you know, carbohydrate based foods that are all supposed to be really low in fat. And, you know, there's 10 or 20% error on those. 
you know, plus the possibility that your brain is going to say, you know, I really sure do like this fat-free muffin a lot more than, you know, this um, carb bar, this protein power bar that I've been eating. Who knows? Maybe that fat-free muffin actually has 112 grams of carbs in it as opposed to uh, the power bar, which doesn't taste quite as good. That's that's 95. Um, I, so you're preferring that in part, and that that'll make a difference. That's you know, 10, absolutely. 15 uh, We could even take it a step further. Tanya Miller had chimed in and said, "Downside is uh, people who don't do their due diligence to educate themselves easily fall prey to bullshit, since there is so much uh, to blend in with." I I, I think. I'm thinking of like, I may meet a new client. Um, let's just take like a 25 year old girl who's kind of like, she's got the six pack bag. She's living the lifestyle. She's got the, the, the popular water jug, whatever that popular water jug is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's what she's got. She's got the, the gym clothes. 5% or what was it? Was it 5%? Like what was um, Rich Piana's thing? 5%? I think it was 5%. Dude, I knew someone yeah, who yeah. got a tattoo. His whole back of his hand said 5%. There are a lot of people. They were doing those in Vegas. Anyway, side yeah. side note. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, uh, so he, so say you, and then she tells me your diet and that every, you know, meal three, I do a Lenny and Larry's protein cookie and me, wait, hold on a minute, you know, but it's protein. And it's somebody who's just like, this is what she sees as popular. This is what she's doing. But she's not, you know, with that stuff wasn't available when I started, even, you know, 15 mm -hmm. years ago when I got serious in, into competing. Uh, but nowadays you, we, we do have so many, as, as Joe Rogan would say, there's so much fuckery in, uh, yeah. in, in, in basically just our sport and in the, the, the companies that come up. Uh, mm -hmm. You could think you're doing the right thing and easily be adding in 25 grams of fat per cookie, you know? Yeah. I mean, th there have been, there are times when, I mean, especially when you're dieted down, um, I can, I can just tell, uh, like with different grades of meat, for instance, I can just, I know there's fat in there. Like I, you can <laughs> yeah. see it in the pan. You can see how yeah. it sizzles in the pan. You know, you can see it like if you, you know, like there's an old trick that I, other, Dante, I know, made, talked about like washing your beef. Yep. Yeah. You know, was one way you, like you can do that. You can get rid of a substantial, and I actually have a citation. This has actually been documented scientifically. You can obviously get rid of some of the fat that's in your beef. You can just see you throw some beef on and, you know, it's supposedly 80% or what have you. And it's like, that's fatty as hell, man. Like there's yeah. it's amazing that there's so much, so much fat can actually be in that, you know, it not just look like a big chunk of lard. And then other times, like, wow, that's coming up. That's really, there's nothing there. And on paper, per the label, you would seem to have the same thing, but you don't. So, yeah, you're introducing another another level of, of um, uh, variability there when you're just jumping between pieces. And, like, like, this is another side, but the whole, like, marketing in large part, and this is why I do things the way I do because it's just one of those things, like, just I think the way things should be is marketing in large part is trying to, to some extent, trick you into making the decision they want you to make. It's yeah. not about giving you an open field of possibilities and a lot and educating you as the pros and cons in as objective uh, possible fashion. It's not like, you know, say, here's the different protein bars are on the market. And sometimes they'll use this comparison thing. 
but rarely do you see the disadvantages. Like how often do you see like a comparison chart where they compare us versus, you know, the top brands where you see like more than one thing where the top brand might beat them out on. They choose the category specifically so they're superior in every single one of them. Yeah. They never show you a disadvantage to their product. When there certainly almost always is. Sometimes, you know, there are products that are really, really good. But so marketing is trying to trick you. Yeah. Just like Tana was going to get, like literally it's, it's fuckery. We're, they're trying to mind fuck you, Jedi mind fuck you, into uh, buying their product. And that is uh, definitely a different now versus then. And if you were to just come into fitness, say in the last 10 years, uh, you you have to contend with that minefield as you figure out how to get in shape, as you figure out what it takes to reach your goals. I think there's more minds, but I think there was still a minefield back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things that literally, you know, was part of my motivating factor, it wasn't all of it, obviously, I'd still be doing this, but um, when I went to get my PhD and like one of the research lines that I wanted to have intact was examining, like literally like trying to take out the marketing bullshit that supplement huh. companies would put out. Like that's why I studied creatine for my, both my master's thesis and my PhD or not well, okay. part of my master's, not my actual thesis, but we went into a project and we actually did it for my, well, actually my master's thesis, there's three projects there. And because that was the main supplement. Like, does that really do anything? Like, this is being touted as this big thing. Obviously, we know, you know, a lot more about creatine than we did 20 plus years ago. But um, so, like, Muscle Tech was the, you know, the example where people, they would have these plots, you know, of 640% greater gains, this kind of shit. It's like, what? And the, the citation would just be, like, the initials, you know, and then the journal, you know, abbreviated and then like, you know, volume um, page numbers in year. And you look that up and it's something that was done like an in vitro study, you know, with uh, chicken embryos or some shit like that. And they're supplying this like humans for weight training. It's like 640% increase in myostatin inhibit inhibition. Or who knows what, you know, some crap. Yeah. And I'm like, this just can't stand. Like this was like me, like being kind of wanting to be the Robin Hood way back then because I was seeing all this shit and seeing through it eventually having been tricked as a young teenager and before who collected reams of muscle mag or well, muscle mag, muscle and fitness, flex magazine. I collected all those things. I thought I had those stored away in a box because I thought one day like that would be a vital source of information from which I'd be drawing. <laughs> literally. I was like, literally, cause there's no, what else, what else could I have known? You yeah, know? Sure. You know, you don't like you don't learn the science of exercise in your PE classes yeah. in high school. You don't learn it. There's no real you know, there's a biology class, but no one's going into like muscle physiology or anything like that. Bodybuilding is far from um, connected to almost anything you pick up as a student in high school or even in college, unless you go into an exercise science program, which I hadn't. So I learned by the time I was in college, like there's some bullshit here. But I, man, I had like I could probably sold those things on eBay, but I had so many magazines, so. I got tricked, you know, huh. as well. Yeah, I could and, see that. I feel like the trickery, yeah. though, was more in the supplements than the foods. Like, there are so many food options now. Now. That yeah. uh, you could be basing your diet off of when at the end of the day, uh, it's still, no matter what, the best thing is going to be the six foods that work. Or, you know, you some know, variation of that. Yeah. So there's one thing I think, uh, it's just kind of a caveat to that, is that, if you if you're aware of what you're doing, so like let's say there's a bunch of sugar alcohols, 
you know, which which you have the sense kind of screw up your microbiome because your um, your GI you know gets a little upset when you have those in excess. And I've done that before too. But you've got some foods and or I'm gonna call them foods, like some food items, let's say that you incorporate because you are trying to um, sort of trick your brain into, into greater levels of satiety. Yeah. So you're trying to like, you know, use that sweetness, like diet sodas are one that the people will employ, you know, or like there's all sorts of things you can like add, like kind of quote unquote calorie free frostings and sweeteners and that kind of stuff. And if you like use those, you know, sort of in a very targeted way, where you know you're using the same thing, you know like there's a limit to how much you can use. You're applying that knowingly um, because you it has this very no, noticeable or whether it's psychological or physiological, it's kind of a little bit of both probably um, effect on your ability to stick with the diet. And you're not just like falling prey to like oh my god now I want to get the the sugar free fat free yeah. protein only cookie or whatever like out of out of nowhere. You're not sort of kind of creating a um uh uh excuse for a binge on you know highly processed diet foods but you're using them strategically as you're dieting down i think that can be a good use of those so you can make the dieting you know um less difficult in certain sense if you add those things in 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 a knowledgeable way i agree but yeah but if you're just like you know oh, i'm fucking hungry and you go out and like well, i'll just have like 45 of these like super cookies you know it's like yeah, get all my protein okay you know way. right right that's not the way to do it but um so that you can leverage those diet foods to your advantage uh i think yeah. i i agree with you totally i am thinking of i guess the newer person who's still just right. trying to figure it out but i Naive. yeah i agree totally and i i think further um, you, you have to accept the hunger and oh, once you can, you do, want to like, have to want it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the trap to me, and I've talked about this, I think on other episodes, other shows is that the trap to me is the running from the hunger. And, mm -hmm. uh, instead of, you know, instead of just accepting, this is where I'm at and this is what I need for my goals. If you, if you don't have that acceptance, then you're not going to ever feel comfortable you're going to be tormented by your diet really. And uh, mm -hmm. you are going to be suffering then you're suffering at your own mm -hmm. hand is what it comes down to. Uh, we did, we talked about this really early on in muscle minds. It was a breakthrough for me, the difference between suffering and discomfort. Cause mm -hmm. I used to felt, feel like, Oh man, I'm really suffering on this diet, but no, I never suffered cause I chose, you know, to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. But there is, there is a difference there. And, once you can accept that you're going to be hungry and you don't need something to hide from it or run from it or to fill that void, uh, be it food or be it buying shit off of Amazon or whatever that void might be, then you're right. in a much better place. The, that paradox has a parallel in the therapy world. I bet. So yeah, you, you may have experienced this too. So the, the paradox, of course, is that the suffering is there because you're not accepting the pain. Yep. And once you turn that pain into a desirable outcome, um, it becomes you, you bring more pain into your life, but the suffering goes away. Yeah. Which is very paradoxical. Like that's kind of a, that has a Zen Cohen type feel to it when you it just does. leave it like that. Um, and the thing that's said sometimes in the therapy realm, because I did years of therapy, um, 
mainly when I was back in Arizona, but I, you know, I still always read, I'm always, I'm doing therapy all the time, basically trying to, you know, help figure my, trying to figure myself out as we all should know myself. I think so. Yeah. Figuring ourselves out, you know, but one of the things there in the same way is that if you see, um, something that's painful, instead of shying away from it and avoiding it, go to it and go through it. Ooh, yeah. And that's kind of what, you know, um, I would, I adopt when I'm dieting down or like even in like when I'm training, it's like, Oh, now it's getting hard. Now let's go. Yeah. Now it's time. This these are the reps that matter. These are the effective reps. This is the fun part. This is what all of this, like thinking about the workout, planning the workout, all the food, everything's come to these last few reps. Yeah. This is where I, I get to actually experience what I've been striving for, which is paradoxically very, very painful. Um, but it's exactly what, what I want. It's what I've chosen. It's like, yeah. <laughs> come on, bring it on, baby. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I think so often back to that, people could go and watch us. They want that, that video of Tom Platts squatting 500 pounds for 23 reps. And you remember that video where he's wearing oh, like yeah. the lime green, yeah, spandex. And, uh, you know, so he gets going and you're like the first few reps, you're like, Ooh, man, like, I don't know how good he's going to do with this. He's probably, you know, he's probably like working out the kinks a little bit. And he gets to somewhere like around 10, 12, 13, something like that. And if you watch his face, he gets a smile. He smiles. Yeah. Because he's like, now it's now's where I want to be. This is my place. Here we here we go. I this like is that. where I feel alive. You know, and 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 as as live as you can possibly get. Like everything's firing. Yeah. You know? Your brain, your psyche, your spirit, you're all hundred percent in. It makes it's like starting to bring tears to my eyes thinking about it. Yeah. Because it's you know in in the Chinese medical sense, you are you are there's yin and yang energy, and this yang energy is that of movement, and it's fire, it's heat, it's drive, it's aggression, it's going into something. You're freeing that yang energy, and it feels really good to do that. It's part of you know it's part of uh, expending energy, the opposite of yin, which is during your recovery. So hmm. you have to be careful. Like people who go way to one, one end of, you know, the young thing, like people who spend a week in Las Vegas and they're exhausted, you know, or right. someone gets, you know, on methamphetamines for a long time and they literally like they drain their life energy. Yeah. You see that in their face and, and people who have been meth addicts. But so it's like part of that. It's like that one side of like really burning when you're in that zone, this, this is how I kind of see it, you know? Yeah. And that video with Tom is, is pretty cool. Cause I, I've never asked him this, you know, I know some people who know him, you know, John's turning him, but um, I had the sense, I always had the sense, like I always resonated with seeing that smile on his face because I get the same thing, if not outwardly, then at least inwardly. I like that. So, and I like what you're yeah. saying. Cause it, it ties it into everything with dieting and, you know, yeah. accepting, you know, where your, your situation, I, I think it's a good analogy. Yeah. All right, There's man. Much, much more on that too. I could go into, but we time to wrap it up. I think, I think so. I think this is a good one. Okay. I know we've got a, 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 cool. a bunch more too than versus yep. now. So we've got a bunch more we can get to, um, guys, we appreciate Group you tuning one. in. If you haven't subscribed yet, we'd love to have you along for all our shows. So, uh, you know, hit that, leave us your thoughts too. You know, what are the differences that you can recognize then versus now with our nutrition? Um, what are the things that you find, you know, difficult with it today? Um, mm -hmm. Of course, uh, check out our sponsor, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK to help support our programming and check out Scott's books, BYOBBcoach.com. 
and fortitudetraining.net. There's a lot of good stuff in there. You can grow some freaking muscle. Scott. There you go. It's been a Thanks, pleasure, brother. man. Appreciate it. Likewise. Thank <laughs> you.